You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to episode 27 of the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It is Mark, Maddie, Gordy, and Michael this afternoon. How are we doing, everybody? Lovely. Hey, superb. I, I kind of feel like we're all... I feel like we're all like this nice little family unit now. We <laughs> talk every single day now. <laughs> it's crazy the amount of time we spend podcasting instead of writing. It's awesome. I sat down to try to write a column last night, and I was like, I don't even know what to write about. Like, it's just whatever. We'll talk tomorrow. We'll give people some content. So, um, day it was a day eight now with no hockey. I think that's what we're on. Um, and uh, I did see a pretty funny post this morning. The guy was like, went into the kitchen for breakfast and dropped a biscuit on the floor on the way to the table. My son went to pick it up. I checked him into the counter. My wife called me for boarding. Now I'm sitting in the closet for four minutes. <laughs> I was like, I kind of feel like hockey fans are like getting a little bit stir crazy here with no, no games to watch. So um, with that yeah. said, we do have a full on topic of the list of topics to go over today, which sounds crazy. Um, it's all nonsense. Some of it is kind of hockey related in a roundabout way, but. Most of it's just chit chat. And the one thing I'm excited to really talk about today is to close the podcast, just ripping Tom Brady, because we don't usually have the chance to talk about things other than hockey on the podcast. And I'm so looking forward to letting loose 20 years of feelings toward Tom Brady in one. It's going to be awesome. So but to start off, we're talking about, you know, what kind of odd you know things can we talk about and keep going? And I kind of have a small hockey jersey fetish. I like to collect them and then never wear them. They just kind of sit in my closet. Um, I did I did wear them all for a while, but we were kind of going over something like, does anybody have a Holy Grail hockey jersey? Like, if you could find it, it's a jersey. And I guess maybe it doesn't have to be hockey. It could be any jersey. It could be a baseball jersey, or if you're into basketball jerseys, whatever uh, type scenario. <laughs> like Showing off your guns at the pool. Um, does anybody have a Holy Grail jersey, like it's something like a jersey they don't have in their collection that they would drop a really good amount of money on if they all of a sudden it became available? I'm looking at Gordy's picture and I want his number 62 jersey. <laughs> so that's now my new Holy Grail jersey. Uh, I think if I had a Holy Grail, I think it would just have to be like a genuinely crested era old blasty jersey, maybe Joe McGinley. I just, I see, you know, some of them in the, you know, in the crowds nowadays, but they're just, you know, fake crested, like wrong numbers. Like I just, I feel like I haven't seen just a really like era correct old blasty jersey. And I think I'd, I'd drop some money on one of those. I have, I have one. <laughs> not, not in again though. i have a fred brathwaite because i'm that oh, guy oh, that's cool that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a good jersey though yeah i, I ended up finding um a, a legit like it's a um uh, i think it's a i think it's actually a coho jersey it's um mm. an earlier version one and i had it just sitting around and i'm like what do i want to do and there's a company i don't want to plug businesses on here but um a place called coolhockey.com out of ontario and if you mail them your jersey they will they have every font 
number and letter set from whenever and they can do any jersey so um i shipped one i shipped it up there and they they gave me a brathwaite one so i it's wow. it's pretty awesome i wear it everywhere i love it it's like my favorite but um that's awesome but oddly enough i don't think that's my holy grail uh but yeah no they're uh they're hard to find though like it was i ended up finding one that was still like brand new and had a tag on it like someone had gotten it as a gift and never worn it so that was a pretty cool catch because a lot of times to get one of those you got to get a used one somewhere and like you're yeah. like, ah, and again it's got a pull on it or a you know mustard stain or something <laughs> stupid so this is actually a pretty cool find so um, and it's like and it came from like canada it didn't come from like overseas which <laughs> i'm always sketchy awesome. of that stuff so cool michael uh you got a holy grail well, I was going to go with the like, same thing like the old black because those are just tremendous. But um, I'm, I'm thinking one jersey kind of like outside of a Flames one is I kind of want to get like a Hartford Whalers jersey, but like the original, not one of like the new like Carolina Hurricanes nonsense one. The one with like Pucky the Whale I'm, on the shoulders? Yeah, exactly. Like I think I, I think I want that old, uh, like the navy blue one. I don't know why. I think that just looks sick. Either that oh, one or the, like, na- the original green. Yeah, the navy and silver one from like the uh that would have been like the early 90s when they switched over mm-hmm. i yeah, also I have a for that but i just see them and i want one so yeah i i have a green hartford wireless one with pucky the whale on the shoulder <laughs> told you that. i have a problem i do not have that one i do not have that one with a name and number though but i think um i want to do peter sudorkowicz but it's like that's not the jersey he wore when he played in Hartford because they didn't have Pucky on the shoulders. But I kind of at that point where like I just don't care. I want a Peter Sidorkowicz jersey. So that may, you know. <sighs> I have no holy grails. I have them all. Maddie, what do you got? <laughs> but you guys all have great taste though. Gordy and Michael so far. I like where you're going with this. Nice. Maddie, if you're Oh man, this might be a letdown. <laughs> is it a is it a German Titoff pedestal? Because I have that too. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. Um Full disclosure, I'm actually not like a huge Jersey person for yep. whatever reason. I just never really got into that. Um, but for the purpose of this discussion, um, yeah. I think probably one of the sort of throwback, uh, like the Black Flyers ones, uh, like a Danny Briere, I think would be super cool. Very nice. I. I kind of like went back and forth on this because I think I think I have probably 20 hockey jerseys and that doesn't seem like a lot because some people have a ton of them Um, and out of them I think 18 are flames related I think I only have two non flames jerseys one is my blank whalers and my um, my Phoenix not Arizona my Phoenix coyote Sean Burke. So uh, I have those. And then I have like, I have like a Yuri Hoodler Czech Republic jersey. Um, I have a Michael Ferlich Czech Republic jersey. I think some weird stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, I was trying to go through. I'm like, if I was going to get one, like, like, I don't know. I'm like, I was like, do I even have one anymore? Because for a while I had a German Titoff as a kid. And, you know, I outgrew it. It fell apart. And then I ended up finding one of those. So that seemed to be it for a while. But I think if I could do it, I would want a from the, like, again, it would have to be from that era. I wouldn't want a you know, like one of the the vintage Reebok, you know, reissue jerseys they made type deal. I would want an original red Devil's Christmas jersey, the old road jerseys. And it would, again, probably be Sean Burke. Like I would want like that era because I love that. I just wish the Devils had never gotten rid of the Christmas jersey. Honestly, it's one of the, the it was just so crisp and so sharp. It was a great, I had a blank one as a kid and I never got it crested. And I was all bummed. I was like, man. So I think I would go, of the era you know 
Sean Burke coming in as a huge, awesome, goaltending, gigantic prospect. Eh, the old red away uh, New Jersey Devils Christmas. I think that would be mine. Though I'll probably go searching for it later today and find it. So whatever. <laughs> That's the beauty of the internet. There's so many places. Actually, that or I want another of that era um, road Buffalo Sabres, Clint Malarchuk. Um, always like Clint Malarchuk as a goalie. Um, read his book, which if you haven't read Clint Malarchuk's book, it's an awesome read. You're going to finish and go, dude is crazy. <laughs> but it's a really cool book. That guy has been through some stuff. Duff. Oh my God. That could be a whole podcast just talking about Clint Malarchuk. But um, yeah, so I think those would be my <laughs> two. So I guess that kind of transitions nicely into next, our next topic, unless anybody's come up with anything else. They, uh, you know, another jersey, like if they desperately needed a Atlanta Thrashers jersey or something with the Thrasher coming down the sleeve <laughs> or instead of those ugly, horrible jerseys. Um, anybody got any other thoughts on that? Have we come up with anything else? Any other holy grails you need in the meantime? Not like a holy grail, but I do appreciate um, like the Swedish national team, mm-hmm. like the, the nice. yellow, I think is super yeah, with- cool. And Detroit's away jerseys, I think yeah, are so those are nice. nice. You know, it almost kind of sounds like sacrilege. Like I also grew up as a kid. I always liked the Vancouver, um, the skate jerseys, you know, they wore in the mm-hmm. 80s. Like I always like a, a Kirk McLean would be kind of cool, you know, a player like that or. Yeah, you know, something like. But I also, you know, you know what else we? I love and I'm obsessed. It always comes up during the All Star Game when they release jerseys because I don't really like what they've done. I love the old late '80s orange Campbell and Wales jerseys with the stars on them, just the plain of <laughs> black, orange, and white. I am obsessed with those, and I would probably sell one of my children for a Mike Vernon one. Like I just think they're just such <laughs> awesome, awesome jerseys. I wish they would go back, but I digress. Yeah, I'm going to get off this topic because I could talk about this for three hours and nobody cares that much. So leading into this, um, who's everybody's favorite Calgary Flame of all time? That was a reader question, which I thought was pretty cool because I think it, this varies widely and the arguments are hysterical where someone would be like, oh, I think Theo Fleury is the best. And someone's like, you're not old enough. Lanny was the greatest Flame ever. And, you know, people go absolutely nuts over this. So, um, uh, you know, I think age-wise, this definitely will run the gambit of players. But, uh, Maddie, who's your favorite Calgary Flame of all time? Is he from Well, when I was thinking about this last night, what? Did he grow up in Pennsylvania? Just outside <laughs> of <in> Philadelphia? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> hmm. That would be the easy choice. No, I was yeah. going to say, um, when I was thinking about this last night, uh, I went current favorite, like yep. currently in the league. So um, I would die for Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's 100% reasonable. That's a, I think when you look look down the line in like maybe 10, 15 years, people, he's going to be at every, the top of everybody's list, I would absolutely mm-hmm. think. All right, let's let's switch it up. Let's add one. We could do your favorite flame, but add your current favorite flame too. I like that idea. Maddie covered both in one shot. You're so efficient. I love it. Wow. Gordy. <laughs> Gordy, what do you got? Oh, favorite I un- car- Sorry, favorite current and favorite of all time. Oh, I 100% agree on current favorite. Both my uh, I both I have both the uh current retro jerseys. I got them both Kachuk, so he's by far my favorite current player and oh man I, I hate to say it but like when I think back to who who has probably most enamored with all time I loved Dion Phaneuf when he first played for the Flames like he was so exciting to watch man he had 
20 goals as a defenseman. He'd he'd throw just a ridiculous hit every game. Like I loved him as a kid. You know, obviously that you know didn't continue. But I, if I think about who I probably liked most as a player at any one time, yeah, I, I hate to say it, but it, it was Fano. <laughs> Wow, that totally, I did not see that coming. That was like, yeah. <laughs> totally went off the on-ramp at 100 miles an hour. But I like that, though, because it's not, you know, the expected guys you'd think from, you know, that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kachuk. So we've got Kachuk, Kachuk, and then Kachuk and Dion Phaneuf. I like it. Michael, who you got? Well, like, I've seen all-time favorite Flames, and I obviously, like, always loved Iggy growing up. I feel like that's too basic, basic of a response. But I'm going to go semi-basic with it, too, and. I don't know, I always liked Kipper. I thought he was just like, just with some like attitude on it, how he like never really did too many interviews and was just amazing for like five or 10 years there. So I think Kipper is probably my all time favorite. And then right now, I want to go Kachuk too, but I'm also like very enamored with uh, Elias Lindholm and Rasmus Anderson because like mm-hmm. I think I've. Mm-hmm. I've had a few freakouts about how much I love Swedes right now. <laughs> I think you guys have seen that in the chat. So. I feel like Leafs can do no wrong. Yeah. No, I like Bannish it. I think it... my fantasy team killed it this year, so I'm, I'm all about sweet. Oh. I, I I think I would get Lindholm right now. Lindholm, I, Lindholm I like that my number one. Yeah, and that's a nice little. That's a nice steady too. And I love that. I love Kipper because it, it's the same way. Uh, me, uh, it's definitely old man syndrome here and i'm just i have to go with uh mike vernon as my favorite all-time flame and mainly because vernie's the guy that got me into being a calgary flames fan i don't feel like i could say like oh he's not my favorite flame of all time when literally he's the reason i became a calgary flames fan and he's also the reason to this day i still hate trevor kid trevor kid has <laughs> never done anything to me but i have this hatred of trevor kid like he murdered my entire family <laughs> you know i like just i don't like trevor kid because he's the guy that replaced mike vernon even though when you look back on everything it's you know it's a business and it's a grown-up issue it's not trevor kid's fault trevor kid just <laughs> sucked so like i have issues with that so definitely mike vernon is my all-time favorite flame and i do bounce between that with him and again too because mm-hmm. Again, that was kind of that bridge for me between the old flames and what would become the new flames. And, you know, the whole Joe Newendike trade. And at that time, Newey was still one of my favorite flames, too. And I was like, what? Would they hate me? Like, they trade all my favorite flames. This is ridiculous. But it worked out well in the end. But Mike Vernon, definitely. Current favorite flame. Um, I kind of had this, like, torrid love affair with Andrew Mangiapane. Mm-hmm. I just love everything I see out of him. He's just... He's got that Goudreau speed thing. He doesn't quite have the stick work and the excitement, but he's kind of got that speed, but he's also not afraid to just throw his body at somebody, which I think is hysterical because he's so <laughs> tiny. Um, so Majupani, definitely my favorite current flame. And this this happens to change from year to year because there's always like it was for it. I think in the end, if Michael Ferland had stayed a Calgary flame, he would have been my favorite flame of yeah. all time just because I love Furley, mm-hmm. you know. But um, definitely Mangiapane right now. So I, he's definitely my current favorite flame. So I, I, I just said it's like small flames. Mike Vernon, Andrew Mangiapane. So, you know, which means who knows who my next favorite flame will be. It'll have to be a guy who's like, you know, five foot one. It'll have to be the next <laughs> smallest guy. So we'll, uh, <laughs> well, it'll, maybe it'll be Pelletier. Who knows? We'll see how that goes. So uh, favorite non-flame, uh, Maddie. let's go down because this should be good. I'm guessing it's going to be coming from maybe the uh, land of cheesesteaks, I'm guessing. I, I actually tried to not pick a flyer. Um, However. But given how much I love Matthew Kachuk, like Travis Konechny would be the easy choice. 
because they yeah. just have the same energy. Um, I don't know. I, I've been thinking a lot about this because we were talking about doing something similar over at BSH. And like, I don't know if I have a hard favorite like on a team that I don't actively yeah. root for. Um, I mean, I love like, I feel like I'm a child in some ways where I'm just easily dazzled by shiny <laughs> things, fast things. So like, I love Dylan Larkin and Matt Barzell. I think they're so fun, but yeah. Okay. I don't know. Now, w- would you have like a favorite, like non-current, non-current, is that even like the right way to say it? Like guy who doesn't play anymore. Like, is there an older hockey player that would be on your list of favorite? Maybe we could phrase it that way. So it doesn't have to be somebody currently in the league uh danny breer hands down then okay fair enough excellent gordy uh do you it doesn't have to be a, a current guy in the league because i'm mm. one of those big people that's like if you're not on my team i don't care about you so, <laughs> kind of deal. so but um you know do you have a, a former player maybe i guess that's your favorite non-flame mm, uh, the player i i do like most outside of the flames is currently playing and i can can already feel maddie's rage at my answer but but oh, I do. No. I I have always liked Sidney Crosby, but it, it is kind of for an unconventional <laughs> reason. <laughs> but I I've always been like I've always been kind of a lover of numbers for some reason. And when I when as when I was a kid and I saw he picked his number as you know the August seventh, nineteen eighty seven or whatever, like eight seven eight seven. I thought that was just the coolest thing. Like I like you just seemed like destined to be like the best hockey player. I love that. So yeah, Crosby was my <laughs> my favorite non flame. Excellent. Do you have a do you have a, like a retired player? Somebody from like I say way back in the day with you guys. You have a player <laughs> from like two thousand and one that you really liked. You know, that, that's so I guess I guess all. that kind of would be. I guess Crosby would probably still be because I I mean, unless you're watching, you know, highlights of the 91 season (laughs) throwback stuff. Um, Michael. Yeah. um, I would say a player I really like now that's like in the league still. um, I don't know why, but I've always kind of like closed your roof for some reason. Just like he's a scorer. Yeah. yeah, You can't see her face right now, but she's smiling. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i i don't know why i've just always liked him and like he's always been like a solid player and like i i just don't and i mean like his hair matches the jerseys like you just can't like hate anything about him like <laughs> like, like no he's perfect he's i agree perfect. yeah and then like i don't know a player i kind of like from the past who i didn't actually watch a ton of just because he kind of retired as i started getting into hockey at a younger age but like I always liked Paul Korea for some reason, like just yeah. kind of small, very skilled. Obviously, there's that one highlight of him getting like murdered in the Cup Finals. But other than that, like I, I really, I don't know why, I always really liked him. Just the bits I saw of him before he retired. So, yeah, Paul Korea was a fun player. We used to get um, Nesson, the channel that does the Bruins, does um, they do hockey East stuff. So I used to be able to watch those guys play all the time, and he was just absolutely ridiculous that's a great choice michael i like that good call not that i don't like anybody else's choice i just think that was a that was a cool choice a way way throwback i guess for me current favorite non-flame no um connor mcdavid no um i think it would probably be i've always liked uh patrice bergeron i mean it's a local connection because i live here but like bergeron's game is just awesome he's a no-nonsense guy i mean christ the guy played through like 
collapsed lungs and broken ribs. You know, he's just he's a gritty player. I love the way he plays. He's a good leader. Um, clearly going to be the next uh, Bruin to probably have his number retired um, up there in the Raptors. So I think current favorite, not just favorite, but like guy that I like to watch play outside of Calgary is definitely, definitely Patrice Bergeron. Um, so sorry again, Flyers people. I apologize. Um, but um, I guess favorite like old school, like retired hockey player. I feel like I have too many to choose from because I have like a <laughs> wide stretch of having watched hockey. Um I, I, I was probably going to go back to being a goalie again. Like it's, I was such a big Sean Burke fan outside of Calgary when he played, um, you know, it could be him. I always loved watching Mike Madonna play um, in the early days up in Minnesota, you know, not in Dallas. Um, so Madonna was always a guy I enjoyed watching play hockey. Um, and then I could even go as far back watching like hockey with my dad when I was like five, like when I was a real little kid. And I think I mentioned it before on the podcast, but goalie Pete Peters, uh, former Bruins goalie, former Flyers goalie. I feel like Pete Peters might have been the first person to actually get me into hockey, you know, but I was so little. So I don't But take a pick out of any of those guys. I really don't care. We'll go with Pete Peters because he had a mustache. My dad had a mustache, whatever. I don't know. It was a connection, I guess. So, um, yeah, see, I got a goalie and hockey jersey thing. I should probably go see a therapist about some of this. There's, there's some issues going on here for sure. Um, so. I guess that yeah, that's mine. I'll, we'll go with Pete Peters. We'll go with a real, real, real old school guy from the late seventies, early eighties, um, when pads were small and mustaches were big. Oh, hockey! It was fun back then. So, anybody got anything else they want to add to that? Do you guys know any of those players? Have you heard of them before? Yeah. <laughs> like, am I totally aging myself <laughs> at this point? All right. Well, I guess that'll kill off that part of the podcast. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back. We're going to talk about COVID-19, but not exactly how you expect it. We're going to go over the best individual performance we've ever seen in person. And then we're all going to rip Tom Brady. And if you don't want to rip Tom Brady, I'll just riff for a little while here uh, when we come back. We're going to take a quick break. We will be back on the Tinderbox after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to episode 27 of The Tinderbox. We are the podcast for... Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. That is a lot of words. That takes up most of the time in the podcast right there to get that out. Mark, Michael, Maddie, Gordy this afternoon. Uh, first half of the podcast, we went over your Holy Grail hockey jersey, if you or jersey and hole. If you had to have a jersey, um, what would it be? Um, that was a long time ago. I can't even remember. That shows how old I am. I've already <laughs> forgotten like what everybody picked as we went through the first part. <laughs> then we did our... Favorite current and favorite all-time flame. And then we went over guys we liked on other teams currently or in the past. So um, who brought up this question? Uh, Maddie, was this year I'm trying to scroll through the chat where someone asked about um, if there was one team that would cure COVID-19, but you couldn't root for them just because they're such a horrible franchise. Uh, who would it be? Maddie, you're smiling. You look like you're ready to go. <laughs> uh it was not my question, but I will gladly take credit for it if we all think that it's very funny. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's topical um, no, in I, its own weird way. Yeah, it works. 
Uh, no, and I mentioned this in the in our group chat that like my heart, I want it to be the Bruins. That feels like my my answer. But one of my really good friends went to BU, and there are so many guys on that current team, like Charlie's Coyle, McAvoy, Matt Grizzlick, who were there when she was there and she's like very attached so i guess i'm contractually obligated to sort of like them now i have to be nice about it well the bruins want a carrot so they can you know get back to not paying their employees so you know they'll get that going Mm, for them so they want a carrot as fast as possible but sorry didn't mean to interrupt go ahead continue (laughs) no you're fine uh so all that said i think the penguins would be my answer i kind of figured that's an easy one gordy yeah uh, I, honestly, I don't think I've seen enough evidence that the Oilers weren't created as just some kind of, you know, just gig, gigantic running joke for the entire league to be in on. Like they've they've been gifted suspiciously two of the most general generational players ever, and you know, all their success was before my time. So again, you know, like that's a little suspicious. So I think you know, I think I'd have to go with the Oilers. Fair enough, Michael. Um, I'm taking it outside the NHL, and I I just got to go with like the Dallas Cowboys. I just can't stand their fans. I can't Ooh, stand yeah. their team. They haven't been good in like 25 years, but they still don't shut up. And like, there's just something there that's like, yeah, no matter what these guys do, I I'm not behind them whatsoever. Like, I hope you guys just like fold, and we never hear from you again. <laughs> and the Oilers will be my NHL choice too. But man, I just cannot stand the Dallas Cowboys. So that would be my choice. Fair enough. I'm with you, Michael. I'm going outside of the world of hockey, and it's the New England Patriots, hands down. I don't care. The New England Patriots can solve world hunger, clean water across the world, everything, and I would still hate the New England Patriots. I, I couldn't cheer for them and be like, great job, guys. I'd be like, of course you did it. Ooh, you know, it wouldn't be anybody but the Patriots, so screw the Patriots, <laughs> no matter what they do. <laughs> so there we go. I don't harbor any resentment rooting for a horrible, decrepit, disgustingly terrible football team in the middle of New England, so I guess maybe I'm the idiot. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I, think, I think we could just kind of we'll put a we'll put a cork in that one and we'll move on from that. I think we all have a very strong <laughs> feeling about some team we hate that could never do anything good. Um, the last question is actually pretty good too, and it's been kind of bouncing around. A lot of people have been talking about stuff like this. Um, what's the best individual performance you've ever seen in person? Um, now I have a hard time with this because I root for such bad teams. Most of them don't have good performances when I see them in person. So this is actually a real struggle, but, um, uh, let's, let's flip it around here. Michael, what's the best individual performance you've ever seen in person? I'm kind of same boat with you that all my teams are trash, but, uh, I was trying to think back to this earlier today. And, um, I think the one that really comes to mind for me first was that game where Johnny Gaudreau got a hat trick against the Bruins. I want to say in like 2015, 16, where where they he was just like on fire the whole game, then then scored that like gorgeous overtime winner, and everyone just erupted because the Bruins were this great team and everything. And then he took him down with like four points in the game or something. So I think I'm going to go with that one. All right, fair enough. Sure. I got that. Gordy, who do you got? I love that I get to answer this question like this because I know it's it's Mark's favorite player. But I was at, uh, I think it was February 2016, Sam Bennett scored four goals against Florida. I just, <laughs> a, a Florida, yeah. He had a, he had a hat trick after the first period. It was just insane. Like every time he touched the puck, it went in the net. And then it's, you know, it's been downhill ever since then. The other, I don't, 
Oh, I say I don't hate Sam Bennett. I just <laughs> wish he stood up a little bit more. That didn't fall down so much. Take dumb penalties. Anyway, continue. Go for it. <laughs> was, I just remember in Bennett's rookie year, so annoying. Anytime he did something, the NHL would always post it as an 18 year old or 19 year old Sam Bennett does blank on every single thing. And it was just so annoying. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Uh, Maddie, what do you got? What's the best thing you've ever seen in person? Oh, man. Um, so it was, I guess, two seasons ago, uh, last game of the regular season, the Flyers had the chance to uh, clinch a playoff spot, and they were playing yep. the Rangers, and at Michael, uh, Claude Giroux <laughs> scores a hat trick to just drag the team into the playoffs for the first time in, I mean, a couple of years, but it was very exciting. Excellent. All right. I mine is definitely not hockey because the flames haven't done anything good when I've ever seen them in person. Um, like the worst <laughs> individual performance would have been the nine, nothing game at Boston. Um, I did see the win in overtime though, in um, New Jersey, which was actually kind of cool. The top line Furlan, Gaudreau and Monaghan all scored and then Backlund won it in overtime, but that's not an individual. Um, I, mine's kind of like a tie and they're both such sad ties. It's not even funny. Um, I was at actually I was covering the uh, Dolphins-Patriots game on October 17th, 1999 at the old, old whatever it was called back. I think it was called Sullivan Stadium where the Patriots played. It was like the worst stadium on the planet. Makes the Saddle Dome look like, uh, I'm guessing, like a uh, five-star hotel. Uh, this place was just a dump. And Marino threw three passes in the first quarter. One of them was picked off by Andy Katzenmoyo, who returned it for a touchdown. And uh, that was the end of Marino at that point. He got a pinched nerve in his shoulder and he was done. And Damon Heward, of all people, came in and led the Dolphins to a comeback and beat the Patriots 31 to 30 in the last like waning minutes of the game on a touchdown in the end zone where I was shooting video. And so I was like, that was pretty cool. But it wasn't like an individual performance. I got to say, I saw the Cubs play the Red Sox on July 1st, 2014 at Fenway. And I missed Jake Arietta throwing a two hitter by one day. And I was like, oh, I didn't get to see Arietta. And I was all because the guy I was going to see was Edwin Jackson. And Edwin Jackson had been like a bus on fire with no brakes, driving to a gas station filled with puppies. Like he was just so bad that year for the Cubs. He was just garbage. And I was like, man, I paid all this money and I got to see Edwin Jackson. And through like five innings, he was throwing a one hitter. Like it was one of the best games I've ever seen. The Cubs ended up winning two to one. He pitched six innings, gave up six hits, one run. It was a great. So I got to say the best individual performance I've ever seen in person was Edwin Jackson pitching with the Chicago Cubs at Fenway Park because it was not expected and he totally killed it. It was awesome. And the Cubs won and it was awesome. And it was great to be in Cubs gear in Fenway, just being like, you know, <laughs> go sing your sweet Caroline now that you lost, you losers. So, yeah, so that's me. Edwin Jackson, you guys all have real people. I got some guy that doesn't even, I don't think he pitched another season after that. It was just terrible. So, yeah, that's my life. Edwin Jackson, hooray for me. So, uh, anything else to add on that? Besides that, maybe I should root for better teams. I think Jackson's on the Blue Jays now. <laughs> is he still, does he really still pitch? I'm telling you, the minute he left Chicago, I was like, good riddance. I'm done. <laughs> that guy could not do anything right. Felt bad for him. He, got, he had a pretty good, like, his contract was pretty big, too. He took up, like, mm. a lot of the Cubs salary cap those years he was there. So, boy. All right. So, let's put that one to rest. Now, uh, the big news, you know, outside of the World Health Scare, um, is uh, Tom Brady is leaving New England. I have been like for 20 years, like praying 
every day that Tom Brady leaves New England somehow, whether it's in a body bag or via trade or free agency, something. Tom Brady has ruined Tom Brady has ruined more of my life than Jim Kelly and the Bills did as a kid. And that's that's a pretty big stretch of my life. Like, but then again, I think that goes back to maybe I should just root for a different football team. <laughs> so um thoughts. Tom Brady's going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This doesn't end well, does it? Anybody, just jump right in. Somebody. Man, I'm I'm a 49ers fan, and I don't even know how many times we've played the Patriots. I I can't even think of the last time I've seen Tom Brady play. So I, I'm 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 not exactly a, a hater of Brady. Gordy, he sucks. Okay, let's get it out of the way. He sucks. <laughs> He's a jerk. The 49ers did contribute contribute to the uh, Patriots' downfall, though, because we uh, we took away Garoppolo from them, so they have no one else to turn to now. Hey, I'm psyched. Ryan Fitzpatrick throws a late <laughs> touchdown. The Dolphins beat the Patriots in the final game of the regular season, putting them on the road. And then Ryan Tannehill beats them in the wild card game. That was a pretty good football season for me. It was awesome. I was just finally happy I could say Ryan Tannehill beat the Patriots. Well, Derek Henry beat the Patriots, but Ryan Tannehill was on the team. Michael, your thoughts on Tom Brady. I know um, you've got some interesting thoughts, probably. Oh, always. Um First of all, I'm just happy that the Eagles were the last team to beat him in the Super Bowl. Like, I feel like that's always good. Like, go birds. Um, yeah, I don't know what the hell he's doing going to Tampa Bay. Like, I know they've got, like, a few pieces there and stuff. But, man, it's like it kind of seems like a lose-lose at this point for him. Because, like, either he goes there and does well and, like, that's great. But if he goes there and, like, doesn't pull the team up, like, he just immediately becomes branded as, like, a system quarterback. And... Mm-hmm. He's just, and that, I think it just hurts any chance he had a legacy. And then meanwhile, if the Patriots still do well without him, that kind of hurts him. And then it's like you're going to a division with like Drew Brees and Matt Ryan, and like for the time being, Cam Newton and or Teddy Bridgewater. Like it's a pretty solid division in terms of quarterbacks. He's used to just having, sorry, Mark, but like three teams he can just roll over six and zero every year. So we'll we'll, we'll see how he does. But man, I am like not. I don't know if it's a good fit for him or not. No, no, no offense taken. Uh, clearly, the Dolphins suck. Um, and so do the Jets and Bills. But yeah, your point is well taken about Breeze, Ryan, and either Cam Newton or even Teddy Bridgewater. You're not playing Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. I don't care how well the Bills let. I'm not buying into any of the AFC East quarterbacks being good. And then there's just, we could do a whole podcast on the hot pile of crap that's been behind center for the Dolphins since the 2000 season it's just a nightmare um but yeah um uh, maddie you have a, you have an opinion on this do you do you care are you over tom brady definitely over it um i don't i'm not like a huge football person so i would just like to emphasize michael's go birds go birds fair enough yeah i I, I don't i don't understand the move to tampa like i understand like there was some talk about las vegas for him because you know the raiders but then they were like you know we'll take a who did they bring the guy david they got car and um they just grabbed another. Oh, they grabbed uh, Marcus Mariota. So now they have two terrible quarterbacks. So that move made a lot of sense. Go Raiders. You know, you're going to move to a new city and put that out in front of your fans. That's awesome. But um, I don't get the move to Tampa either. I mean, I get it. It's warm. Your money goes further in Florida, but it's Florida. Florida's such a weird place. You know, it's like, but I, I've won. I'm thrilled. I get, but still, the Patriots could probably still win the AFC East at nine and seven. It's just such a bad division. Like, I feel like, I could quarterback the Patriots to nine and seven at this point. It's just such a terrible, terrible, terrible division. But my big thing is like, if Brady goes down there, we talked about this before we hopped on, they got to go back to the old uniforms. They got to bring back the creamsicle because as a person who 
loves the idea of like the look of uniforms and when teams change things, the excitement of what it looks like. Those Tampa Bay uniforms are atrocious. They are so bad. It's like they were designed in like a third grade geometry class. It was like, hey, kids, here's a bucket of crayons. You know, draw some shapes and see what you get. They're just garbage. I think Tom Brady should have to play in creamsicle orange for the last two years of his career. He's making got to make 30 million. By the way, who's paying a 43 year old quarterback 30 million dollars a year? Like, it's going to be crazy. That's the rumored deal. Two years, 60 million. Who does that anymore? Like, I mean, I know what it, Well, that's the thing right there is you're going to sell jerseys. You're going to put butts in the seats. Now, all of a sudden, Tampa's going to have Monday night games, Sunday night games, Thursday night games, Friday night games, Tuesday night games, you know, because the NFL, I think, plays seven days a week at this point. Like, I just, you know what the sad thing for me, though, is I looked at the whole thing and I'm like, Tom Brady is like legitimately the best quarterback the NFL has had in Florida since Dan Marino. Like, that's just like, you think about it that way. Like, Tampa hasn't had a good quarterback in years. The Dolphins haven't had a good quarterback. I mean, you could argue maybe Mark Brunel when he was with the Jaguars, but still, like, it's sad that a 43-year-old castaway quarterback is the best quarterback in the state of Florida and the NFL for the last in 20 years. It's crazy town. But I'm just glad he's gone from New England. And I just want to see. I have a theory about New England Patriots fans. There are definite diehards because I used to go to the Dolphins-Patriots game every year. And I sat next to two guys that had like John Hanna. John Hanna was a lineman for the Patriots in the seventies and eighties. And um, they had like original John Hanna jerseys. They were for real. And I always feel like there's three segments of the Patriots population. There's the original fans from the sixties and seventies who were, you know, always there when they played at Fenway. And then when they moved, then there were the people that came in with Drew Bledsoe. And then there are the people that came in with Brady. And I can't wait to see that third population just go what right off the table and see if those you know see how many people stick around up here because this is a very you look at it with the celtics and even the red sox the red sox didn't have diehard fans up here until they were good again um fenway park was always empty gillette stadium was always empty the garden when the celtics played were always empty like the bruins are the only real diehard fan base up here um so I just want to see the Patriots fan base fall apart. And I just wanted these people are already starting up here. They're like, Oh man, this sucks. I'm like, I know you've only won for 20 straight years. It's horrible. You know, welcome to the rest of us. <laughs> you know, like, So screw you, Tom Brady. I'm glad you're gone from the AFC East. Go enjoy Tampa. Enjoy the sunshine. Raymond James stadium, the pirate ship wearing creamsicle pants. Have a good one. Good riddance. Get the hell out of here. I hope your career falls right into the toilet. The minute you go to Tampa, I have no love for anything Patriots at all. I just, I hate everything Patriots. So, okay, I'm done. Anybody else got anything they want to throw in there? I feel good. Like, as a therapy session, I got that off my chest. It felt nice. <laughs> Getting very real here during quarantine. We are, right? It's like, and that's actually a pretty polite rant for me on the Patriots, too. So, it just thinks that everybody <laughs> in my family, like, my my immediate family, like my mom, dad, brother, we all root for different teams. Like Gordy, like my dad is a huge 49ers fan, always was. Uh, my mom is a Steelers fan, and my brother, for some reason, is a Giants fan. Apparently, we got like the defective gene in the family. We did not pick good teams to root for. Um, but uh, but the rest of my family, they're all Patriots fans. So I'm just like, I'm waiting and just waiting for them to just like be like, you guys want to watch a game this weekend? No, real said they suck. So it'll be fun. I'm excited. But what they'll end up doing is they'll leapfrog the Dolphins, take a quarterback in the draft this year and be good again, and then I'll just stop watching football. So, all right. Anybody got anything else they want to put in here before I butcher the ending to this podcast? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just want to say I, that, like... I'm good. All right, go ahead, Michael. Yeah, you got I, just want to say that, I just want to say that, like, this Tom Brady, the Buccaneers thing, seems, I don't I get the very similar vibe to when the Flames got Yager. I don't know if any other of you guys are, like, getting that, but, like, 
guy kind of slowing down, getting really old, and then signs a contract with a team that is kind of a nobody in their league, and then is just going to fall off a cliff after like six games, and that's it for him. I don't know. Is anyone else getting that vibe at all? I would love that vibe. That would make my football season. I don't care if the Dolphins didn't win a game. I don't. I wouldn't care if Hard Rock Stadium, the ground opened up and it swallowed the Dolphins. If Tom Brady had a horrible year and had to retire midway through, I'd be fine. That'd be a win as far as I'm concerned. God, I sound like such a loser. Perfect. I just hate, I hate a grown man for no reason other than that he's good. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think we're going to wrap up episode 27 of the Tinderbox. We covered a lot of nonsense today. Um, if you liked this podcast, and honestly, after today, I think you should be subscribing and begging us to do more of these. We're actually going to do another one tomorrow, too. We're going to have a member of Jewels from the Crown, the LA Kings SB Nation website, come on, and we'll talk about what it's like out in California and LA during the apocalypse, because um, I'm sure it's way more interesting than where I am and where anybody else is. So um, if you enjoyed this podcast, please look for us and search for us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search Matchsticks and Gasoline, search The Tinderbox, or search Calgary Flames, and you can find us. Michael, Gordy, Maddie, thank you so much for coming on this afternoon, and I will, we'll talk again tomorrow. This is so exciting. Yay! We're all excited to talk Yay. again tomorrow. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll catch you tomorrow on The Tinderbox.